Welcome to another episode of Bradford Haycom Alliance's new podcast. Today I welcome Kate Brooksbank, the West Yorkshire Delivery Manager for Restorative Justice. Restorative Justice in West Yorkshire is funded by the West Yorkshire Mayor Tracy Brabin and it provides victims of crime with an opportunity to be heard, to ask questions of an offender and to have their say in the resolution of what's happened to them. 91% of offenders have completed their hate crime awareness courses with restorative justice. And here's just a little sample of what people have had to say about the service. Restorative justice has really helped. It's given me closure and I feel much more positive. The restorative justice process has really made me think about the consequences of my actions. Now we can get on with our lives without the burden of what happened grinding us down. So to find out more about this fantastic service, let's hear from Kate. Welcome, Kate Brooksbank. Thank you so much for joining us today from Restorative Justice West Yorkshire. Um, I wanted to start off really to ask you a little bit about your background and, and how you ended up working for Restorative Justice. If you could tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, brilliant. Thanks ever so much for having us here um, today. So yeah, I've been involved in Restorative Justice for about the last 14 years. Um, I first learned about restorative justice um, when I was really fortunate um, as part of my degree 20 years ago to go to Australia um, and over there restorative justice is a, web, a lot more well known mm. um, and just really interested in it and had the opportunity to go observe, find out some more about where the impact's been about restorative justice and then when I came back um, I did my dissertation at university on restorative justice um, and then after finishing university, I was really fortunate to um, start as a training probation officer. So I worked with a probation service and after a number of years, uh, they were looking at restorative justice and how it can be more embedded in, in the service. And so I started to lead on restorative justice um, in Bradford uh, quite some time ago. So we looked at how restorative justice could be working with um, people that were subject to probation, kind of license and supervision. So that's that's where my journey started. Fantastic. What was that like? I mean, the probation services, I mean, that, that might conjure up quite a lot of um, imagery, I guess, for some people that don't really understand what that entails. Could you tell us a little bit more about that? Yes. Yeah, so the probation service is responsible for managing people who've been through the courts. Um, that might be on a community order um, or it might be a suspended sentence or it's also responsible for managing those people um, that are coming out of prison as well. Um, and restorative justice is very much about looking at the impact and the consequences of the harm that's being caused. So working mm. with offenders to actually hear about the consequences of what they've done and um, what that impact is and for victims to have that opportunity to ask that person, why was it me? Where did you, where did you sell my stuff or any other questions that, that victims might have that actually the criminal justice system, um, there's a real gap there. Mm. So if a victim wants to know, um, you know, were you, were you following me? How can they get those kind of questions answered? And if people don't understand why something's happened, it can have an impact in terms of them being able to move forward from it. So I think restorative justice for me in probation was an eye-opener for those people that were subject to probation, but also the opportunities it gave for victims yeah. as well. I think that might be why we believe, certainly, that, that restorative justice is such a viable alternative for victims of hate crime. If you consider that you are attacked because of who you are, and we know, the research shows that that is one of the most wounding things for victims, it's, it's, it's the personal side of yeah. that attack. 
it's bad enough being in the wrong place at the wrong time when you just happen to be a victim of a certain situation. But at least on reflection, you can kind of go, well, it, it wasn't, it was just one of those, you know, a set of circumstances. Yeah. It's not about me personally, but hate crime absolutely is. And so that opportunity to maybe sit down with somebody and, and ask that question, why? Why me? What was it about me that made you do what you did? That's a hugely powerful and empowering um, opportunity to have, I think, to redress the balance. Yeah, and totally. And it's and it's really interesting because my first ever restorative justice meeting where um, a perpetrator came and met with the person that they harmed was a hate crime. Okay. Um, so it was an assault. Um, someone had used um, some comments um, to this victim, um, not giving it a second thought in terms of actually what that impact might be. And just having that opportunity to sit opposite and to hear from someone say, you know, this might not be the first time or when you said this, this is how I felt when I went home, when I went to my family and told mm-hmm. them what had happened. Um, I think for those people that are causing that harm to actually think about, actually, you know, what I've said has got a real impact. Yeah, is so powerful. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where there's a real gap at the moment is that actually people that are, are saying words causing um, harm to people don't have to face up to what they've done and that's where restorative justice it, it gives them that voice it allows them to take some control um, and hopefully to be able to move forward um, knowing that they've educated that person and hopefully they're not going to go on and, and do the same thing again and edu- that's a key word isn't it education I mean if, if you look at what happens in schools and something that we advocate for when we work in schools is that it's not just about punishing kids that are bullying other kids it's about educating them and and, and challenging their belief systems as to well why why are you targeting that one particular person or that group of kids over there what is it about them that's triggering you to do that kind of behavior uh, to affect those kind of behaviors so I mean it is really really important that education is at the center of it and I think it actually would you agree that that could be more useful rather than just pursuing prosecution for the sake of prosecution yeah, definitely. I think restorative justice uh, in West Yorkshire is it's available throughout the criminal justice system. So it's available um, where a case hasn't gone to gone to the police or gone to court. Mm. Um, it's available where there's no further action or where the, whether there's a, a you know a community sentence or prison. The conversation needs to be had, even if someone goes to prison. You know, we've had um, referrals where where offence have happened, but even when you've gone through the criminal justice system there's not been that conversation there's not been that education about when you do this this is the harm so yeah. how do we how do we aim for people to change their behaviors if they're not put in a position exactly. to to be educated or and spoken to, be to. to it. Exactly. yeah definitely and, and to have somebody say well but why yeah what gives you the right to, to target somebody else because yeah. of who they are they can't do anything about that and it's that it's that lack of understanding i think in many many cases where people don't you know we are just who we are yeah. and there's nothing we can do to change who we are and and so when somebody's going to hate on you just because of who you are that's going to have a really really deeply uh, negative impact yeah. and i think it, you've just you know you were spot on there in terms of lack of understanding and mm. um, we're really surprised when when we work with people that commit hate crime you know we'll quite often hear i didn't even realize that was a hate crime i thought that word was was okay I didn't think that would cause offence. I can't believe that this person um, is so impacted by what I've done. And it's just that opportunity to, you know, not everyone out there um, has the awareness, has the opportunity, has those people around them to 
question them about actually what's appropriate, what's not appropriate, what's the harm that's that's being caused. Um, so I think that's where the you know restorative justice is about enabling a conversation, and that conversation is really important um, to allow both victims and offenders that opportunity. That's it. Um, it's it, interesting what you mentioned there about people maybe not realising that what they were doing could actually be constituted as a hate crime. Um, the, the, there's quite a bit of pushback at the minute regarding hate crime in, in general um, in the media, that it's a bit of a woke agenda, a mm. bit of a snowflake thing. Uh, people are just too sensitive and they just need to just toughen up and it's just words. For a lot of the cases, it, you know, it can be just verbal assault um, and, and people just need to just get over it. And, and well... No, no, actually. No, and I think, you know, we've worked with a lot of people that have been affected by harm, uh, hate crime and actually there's a real impact mm, and I think huge. what you find is quite often this isn't the first time. No. Um, and I think for victims is actually some people have normalised that that's what, that's what they can expect as part of the job. We work with a lot of police officers who experience a lot of mm. hate crime when, when they're just trying to do their job. Um, NHS workers as well. Huge, yeah, massive it's, issue. Yeah, it's it, it's everywhere. And actually, when you're going to work and you're facing um, that kind of behaviour, the impact is huge. And I've seen firsthand that impact and mm-hmm. why restorative justice is so important to give those people that voice, whatever setting or wherever that's happened, is so important. Massively important because nowhere in anybody's job description does it say that you you will have to be a victim of daily verbal abuse yeah. uh, based on your ethnicity or your religious beliefs or, or whatever that might be um, just by virtue of the job that you do. Yeah, it, definitely. That shouldn't be part of the deal. When you're all. trying to offer a service, exactly. and Especially. you'd have to go back the next day and keep offering that service. Mm. You can understand why some people will just start to opt out of certain careers because it just becomes too much. Yeah, definitely. In terms of uh, dealing with the hate crime side of things, it, with obviously restorative justice, um, it's not just specifically targeted towards hate crime, uh, but we do recognise that it's um, a, a real viable alternative for people that maybe can't get a criminal prosecution for what's happened to them. Um, in terms of the, the, the victims that you have worked with who are victims of hate crime, what sort of protected characteristics do they tend to come from? Yeah, so we, um, you know, accept referrals and we work with, you know, anyone um, that's experienced hate crime. We, we're trying to really focus on increasing referrals um, for those people that have got disabilities. Yeah. Um, we don't see enough referrals. We know that there's a lot of hate crime directed at people with uh, different disabilities. Um, we, we really want to focus on that. We see the majority of the referrals we get will be um, sexual orientation, transgender identity, um, race and ethnicity. So that's where we see um, most of the referrals. But I think there's a lot more referrals that we can get um, for, you know, for all characteristics. Mm. Um is really important so but I do know that disability is something that we're going to really focus on over the, over the next few months is that is that raising that awareness and um, with different services I think it's an issue um, across the spectrum not just w- with yourselves but, w- but with us here at Bradford Hate Crime Alliance with the police we, we have to work harder to, to make reporting of hate crime more inclusive for the disabled community because it's yeah. currently not and, and we recognize that and you know it was just on we were fortunate enough to be part of it the channel 4 report that was on a couple of weeks ago uh, regarding disability hate crime look north 
also picked up on it the day after, leading into Hate Crime Awareness Week. And it's something we're really pushing, and it's great to see Restorative Justice coming in and attending the Tackling Disability Hate Crime Group Forum, um, where where people can, can self-advocate and really make sure that they've got a voice in decisions that are being made about their lives and really start pushing an agenda that includes them yeah definitely and, and doesn't marginalize them and and other them and i think it's it's massively important so um fantastic that, that restorative justice are on board with that um in terms of the other protected characteristics are there any um uh, I don't know, like there any differences in the way that, that these things are held, for example, um, sexual orientation, what tends to be the outcome with that well, in terms of the, because I, I think a lot of that, um, and I'm thinking about my own background and the, the kind of the bullying that I had as a child, that's just seen as banter. Mm that kind of thing and people don't realize you know it's it's the normalization you said it earlier on it's the normalization of certain words and certain behaviors and and even just things like just mimicking the sound of somebody's voice or or affecting a silly walk for example to try it to try and make fun of somebody however accurate or inaccurate that may be all of those different things and it, it just seems to me that in some cases society kind of gives that a pass mm somebody just the other day was talking about being ginger is it is it a hate crime and i was like well actually well why not yeah because actually if you think about it that's one that's a that's a really good example of where everybody just laughs automatically yeah. Like, oh yeah but that's really funny isn't it because we're just talking about ginger. why why yeah. is that really funny that's not funny at all and it, that must really hurt those people and yet as a society we just think it's hilarious yeah it's and i think like you say it's been normalized and i think that's part of the work that we've been really trying to do and particularly with the police is we know lots of this goes on we know reporting needs to increase mm-hmm, um people need to recognize that um you know this this causes an impact to people it affects how they they live their lives uh, we know it has a, a real impact in terms of people's mental health um in terms of how people are socializing it it it, it it really changes but I think for the majority of people that we work with that have been victims of a hate crime just want that opportunity to explain they want the opportunity to say when you do this this is how it feels for me and to to regain that control Mm -hmm. because quite often people feel that they've lost that control and when they're a victim of of any crime really but particularly for hate crime is just about actually let's let's put them at the center of this and actually we work with people um all people have different needs from a restorative justice process. So some people are looking for an apology. Some people just want the opportunity to explain the impact mm-hmm. and the consequences. Other people have particular questions. So restorative justice isn't a one size fits all. It's about what do you need? What are your concerns? What are your expectations? And let's look to try and move forward to meet what your needs are. And I think that's what's really important is actually what do you need it's not what i think you need or what society thinks you need different people have different needs and that's and that's how we'll work with people mm-hmm. that are involved in this and i think that's really important is within the system itself and and, and, the, and the traditional methods of reporting a hate crime or any crime you, as the victim of that crime you give a statement and, and and that that's kind of your side of the bargain really and then you you're kind of powerless yeah. in the rest of the process um it's all dependent on on other factors whereas with this you're absolutely right you can really control the agenda of what this is about what you want to get out of it um and moving forward and for me that as a victim that's about taking ownership of of what happened to you yeah and and using it to empower yourself 
rather than allowing other people to use it to marginalise you. Yeah. Which I think we do as a society. I think we, we kind of pigeonhole people who are victims of things. Um, and it's a label that it has a lot of different connotations for different people. But, you know, a lot of people don't want to be regarded as a victim. And, you know, this happened to me. Yeah, sure. And it does hurt. But yeah. I, that's not who I am. That's not who I see myself as. And I don't want the rest of society to see me as that. And if that gives people an opportunity uh, by speaking to, um, you know, the person that that's actually um, acted that to them, that can sit down in front of them or you know, and, and actually just have that moment where they can really say what has happened to them and what it made them feel. Yeah. Um, regardless, it might not be about getting an apology even, it's just about that opportunity to kind of take control of what happened to them and, and, and use it in a way that's going to benefit them and allow them to gain closure. Yeah, uh, And it's about recognising the power of that. A lot of people, because they're not reporting hate crime, it, it just becomes a burden. It's just, you know, especially if, if you're in an ongoing situation where you're being targeted by uh, neighbours, for example, yeah. th- there's no respite from it. Um, and people are so scared to come forward, so scared to speak out. Um, a lot of people believe that they're not going to be believed by, by people, by support, um, yeah. you know, services, by the police, um, that they would just rather just not say anything. And... and it then just becomes such a burden, it's such a stress, and, and actually this is a way to actually really gain closure and be able to move forward with your life. Would you agree? Yeah, totally, and I think there's there's a few things that come up there. I think when you talk about kind of neighbourhood conflict, how difficult when you've got a conflict with someone that you live next door, um, and particularly when you know there's hate involved there, yeah. that actually every time you leave your front door, you might be worried about exactly, that person exactly. coming out. Um, and, you know, we deal with stories of justice where, you know, there might have been that that conflict. And, and even when, you know, there's been a, a real positive outcome in terms of maybe someone going to court or maybe someone being given a warning or something like that, actually, if that conversation hasn't taken place, there might have been some sanctions have been mm-hmm. um, kind of put there, which might impact on, but actually having that conversation, how do we then stop some of that behavior if we don't bring these people together and what we recognize is you know this is really hard it's much easier not to have the conversation of course but that's where our facilitators get involved and we prepare people we work with both parties individually Mm. and that's about actually really understanding what's happened what that impact's been what it is they need from that process and we'll start some of that dialogue between both parties in an indirect way so that we can build some confidence up in, in both parties so that actually when they're um, at the point of deciding that they want to sit in the same room together, they've got an idea in terms of where that person's coming from um, kind of what it is that they want to speak about. We'll always make sure it's a safe place. If we felt that this meeting might make things worse, then we might look at doing something um, in a different way. So every case is risk assessed. But I think particularly, like you say, with with neighbourhood conflicts, it's really, really important these conversations take place. And I think what we know in the criminal justice system is that, like you said, when you report a crime, you report that and then you're a witness in that case. It, yeah. um, and it's very much about what law's been broken mm-hmm. and what punishment is needed to fit to fit that law. Restorative justice is about you and you're central to that process and it's about actually what do you need from the process rather than um, someone else or you... I'm going to get that person to make an apology. I, I hear quite often, oh, we've done restorative justice, we've made them apologise what's really important for us is actually let's ask the victim exactly what it is that they want mm. and quite often people might want um 
you know, it might not be a letter of apology, it might be a letter of explanation. Explain why you've done what you've done and have that right to reply. Where quite often when people go to court and there's uh, victim impact statements, which is brilliant, and that allows for a victim to be able to explain you know what what's happened and what yeah. that impact's been it doesn't then give them the opportunity to hear from that person that's caused that of course not you, you know, know what what's their yeah. response what's their thinking what's that dialogue in terms of being able to move forward so i think restorative justice can fit um instead of but as well as the criminal justice system and it's you know it's a simple concept in terms of having a conversation but by no means is it a simple process because it's a really difficult process and that's why we're there to support people mm-hmm. to go through that so if we've got any listeners out there now that are thinking okay well i've tried everything else or i really don't want to go to the police or, or deal with, with um uh, any kind of prosecution that that sort of pathway um this sounds like a viable alternative what can i do how do how do i uh, get this to somebody's attention how do they get in touch yeah so we've got our contact details are um rj west yorkshire um dot org dot uk um you can find us on facebook and twitter we've got a free phone number which is 0800 783 1550 um i think what's really important is to know that you can report a crime to the police um, and you can ask for restorative justice as mm. part of that. So for some people, is actually, I want to go to the police, but I might not want to go to court. Restorative justice can be used um, as an out-of-court disposal. Um, but you can also contact us directly as well. Um, and it's sometimes it might be that you have that conversation, you decide it's not right for you. But this is an opportunity for you to find out more about what opportunities are available for you. Um, one of the things I just want to raise as well is... Um, the hate crime awareness course that we've mm. been delivering um in west yorkshire and that's since june last year and that's come from victims that we've spoken to when a hate crime's happened and they've, and they've reported it to police is they might not want to engage with restorative justice might not want to engage initially with that conversation but they want that person to be educated um to to look at what they're doing and the harm that's being caused so we run as part of an out of court uh, disposal with the police anyone that gets a conditional caution for a hate crime um, that individual sent on a two-hour hate crime awareness course um, and that's delivered by two facilitators with that one individual mm. and that's really important because um, it's not a group work program it's about ensuring that we're every, everyone that comes um as part of a course might come from a different background different experiences different perspective and and what's interesting is quite a number of people that have come on these courses have experienced hate crime themselves and can actually relate Mm -hmm. um, relate to some of that impact and but prior to any course we will speak or we'll try to speak to the victim to find out what harm's being caused if there's any particular question if there's anything that they want feeding in so that they know that there's a two-hour session being delivered with that perpetrator that focuses on that particular incident um, and that particular harm that's been caused and and for a lot of victims they feel that that's really helpful um, that that person's going to be educated and hopefully not continue to do that and at the end of that hate crime awareness course is the introduction of restorative justice so we've had quite a few people that have then gone on from that perpetrator completing the hate crime awareness course to actually meeting um, in a restorative meeting and it's given victims the confidence knowing that actually 
before they see me, they're going to have some work that's exactly. focused and then, on you them. You know, they're taking it seriously and, and that they're actually invested in the process. I think, yeah, I, I, having I've actually um, observed one of these and the, the, the detail that it goes into, but it's not in a, it's not in a very um, it's done very sympathetically and and it absolutely again it, the perpetrator is at the very center of it and it's about them and it's about yeah. what's happened with them. Uh, and really just take the, you know, the person into consideration, which is so important. And again, this particular instance, is, as you mentioned, he, he also, this particular uh, gentleman that I witnessed, was also and had been a victim of hate crime. Yeah. Uh, and recognised that and recognised that this was just a particular incident where a situation had escalated and it, and it was just used as a weapon rather than, you know, really, really meaning it. And, and I felt like watching it that that person did get something out of it and was able to move forward and had a better understanding of why not to engage in those particular kinds of practices um and it also recognizes that maybe the victim is not that comfortable being in the same room or, or you know on a zoom call for example with, with, with that person and, and and knowing that if if they can get that's enough for some people that they yeah. would go through that program just just that recognition of that's enough and that that's okay and so if anybody again is out there and listening to this and, and feels that this might be a viable solution please do get in touch um, with the contact details that Kate's just mentioned as well as through Bradford Hate Crime Alliance we can also um, refer you on anything else you'd like to bring to our attention today no I think it's just it's just really important that that people out there know that there's different services yeah, and I think is, you know it's not just a one-way street yeah exactly it was um, hate crime awareness week last week and it was a brilliant opportunity to get out there to speak to different people to raise that awareness and mm-hmm. um, there's lots of different services out there so please you know Bradford hate crime alliance delivers a, a brilliant service so get in touch and sometimes it's just about having that conversation to see what's Absolutely. available so then you can decide what your next steps are um, you don't have to come ready knowing what you need to happen but just knowing what's available it's about you having those choices and that's what's that's what's so important that's brilliant okay thank you so much for joining us today it's been a pleasure no thank you very much take care I'd like to thank Kate for joining us today. And if anybody listening does want to reach out to Restorative Justice, you can give them a call on 0800 783 1550. That's 0800 783 1550. We'll be back soon with a new episode. Uh, but in the meantime, if you've got any feedback for us or you would like to report a hate crime, please get in touch. You can call us on 0800 169 1664. That's 0800 169 1664. Alternatively, you can email information at bradfordhatecrimealliance.org.uk. Until next time, take care.